Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Hey, everybody, what's going on? Today is Wednesday. It's the 5th of September, 2018. We are in the old mobile studio once again. Let's go ahead and get that contact info posted, and then we can jump in with the show. I have the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731. If you would like to send an email, I'll read it out for you on the show, or if you would prefer to make your own recording and have me play that for you on the show, I'd be more than happy to do that. The place to send that is firearmscafe at protonmail.com all one word firearmscafe at protonmail.com also if you just have stuff you want to share or would like to share with the rest of the listening audience that is the place you'll want to send that stuff so anything like articles or or questions or anything like that or just general shout outs all that kind of stuff over on the website which is firearmscafe.com you'll find buttons for facebook Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you like the show and you would like to throw a little financial support my way, there is also a donation button there as well. All right, I think that is about it for the housekeeping stuff. Now, if we're going kind of on a strict timeline, yesterday I actually dropped a show. So today I'm doing my trying to do a couple of segments here for the week so that I can actually release something coming up maybe this Saturday. I think it was on the last show, maybe the show before last, I talked about that where I have my files hosted, there is a limit on how much data I can store sort of quote-unquote for free or with the, the basic plan that I'm on with the number of shows that I have and with my other show although I don't have as as many episodes as I do of this one but with my other show The Armed Ape I have those both at the same hosting company and I am getting to the point where I am sort of going to reach my limit on how much stuff I can have before I have to start paying extra and I don't really want to do that. I, I'm kind of paying enough as it is already. So I've got a few options. And some of those options may be, well, do I want to try and find a different hosting company? Do I want to uh, and move all the stuff over? Uh, for you guys, it really wouldn't mean anything. Uh, the, uh, the RSS feeds and all that stuff and how you would get it or how you would access it would still be all the same. Uh, they would just be hosted at a different place if I decide to go that way. Problem is, with the uh, amount of some of the content that I have, it may end up costing me the same or maybe even a little more depending on, on how I go about it, that type of deal. So, one of the things that I... Well, before I talk about kind of one of the solutions I, I have, am coming up with, Initially, I had always wanted to make all the episodes available, not have them be behind any type of a paywall or as a Patreon thing. It may end up coming to that. I may have to uh, 
do a type of Patreon thing where I take maybe the first 50 episodes or so down and take them off of the server. Of course, I still have all the original audio files, but I may take a lot of that stuff down and either make it to where if somebody did want to have the the archived episodes that they would be able to you know if even if, if you were just even doing a, a patreon support and like i said i haven't got that set up yet but i'm, I'm thinking i may go that way and it would be uh, for a dollar a month so basically twelve dollars for a year and you'll be able to pretty much have access to all the episodes I would have to set up probably a different RSS feed and, and do stuff like that. Or, you know, it could be uh, that I could do a thing where I could put a bunch of them on a thumb drive and maybe that's at uh, a little bit higher thing, maybe for a $5 a month deal. I don't know. I'll have to, again, like I said, I'll have to work a lot of this stuff out. But kind of coming, circling back around to the thing, to the start, like I said, I'd originally wanted to have everything sort of up and and available for the people who wanted to go back. I mean, I've I don't know necessarily that you would want to go all the way back and sort of listen to every single one of them. Some of them, the early ones, are I think relatively good, but a lot of them, boy, ew, they're not as good as I would like them to be. Uh, but they are sort of what they are, and and uh, I'm not necessarily ashamed of them or anything like that or embarrassed by them. They are a snapshot in time, and they a lot of the stuff is uh, some of maybe my my f- overall philosophies have changed, and I would say that maybe some of my core principles have changed, not just uh, positions that I held, but in in thinking about things and really kind of trying to look logically at a lot of my what I would call guiding principles or philosophies. Some of that stuff has changed since I first started doing this show 10 years ago. And I think you should have some changes. You should have maybe a little bit difference of opinions or, or uh, maybe even if some of your core principles don't change that much, maybe some of your positions do where you could say, well, you know, I used to feel this way. And I've always thought you should treat people fairly, but my position now is is A instead of how it, was, how it used to be B, that type of thing. So anyway, long kind of rambling way to get to what I was going to talk about as far as YouTube goes. Now, on a couple of shows ago, I had mentioned that what I may do is end up stripping the audio or I guess I'm not stripping the audio, taking the audio files that I have, putting those on YouTube and just have a few pictures or something like that to where if you wanted to, you could listen to them. You could go to my channel on YouTube. You could find maybe let's say the first 20 or 25. And basically at that point, YouTube sort of becomes uh, an extra repository, I guess, for some of that stuff. You, and if you really wanted to just kind of listen to them and you didn't want to be tied to the computer or use data or stuff like that, you could just, there, there are tons of programs out there where you can strip the audio off of uh, the videos that are out there on YouTube. So you could do that and download them that way. 
the, the problem is, is if I take them and you say, well, why couldn't I just do that at the website? And the way that I, I think it is, is the website, which I use, uh, which is WordPress, they are, they're getting that audio file from wherever my things are hosted. So the, the servers where the, where those things are at. So if I take my stuff off the servers, they're not going to be there. What I'll have to do is kind of go back into the website and do on the archival stuff, say, hey, you know, go over to YouTube, click on the YouTube button, and you can find the stuff over there. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to do that for now. I did upload one today, which is, again, Wednesday the 5th, and it is the very first show that I ever did. And I, you know, I put a few pictures with it and stuff. So... If you want, go over and check those out. And it's only about 12 minutes long. Uh, and you can at least get an idea. Give me some feedback. What do you guys think on that? Is that something that's viable? Now, who knows? It could be because it's firearm related. Maybe somebody doesn't like it and they report me and it gets removed from YouTube. Again, it doesn't remove the files, the audio files, and that even that video file that I would have. I'm also going to upload this stuff over at Utah Gun Exchange, and I maybe even might put some of this stuff over on Vimeo, which I need to get some buttons over on the website for that stuff as well. That's kind of what I'm thinking for now. You know, I don't, I don't know, uh, and I'm not, I'm not saying this to beg for money or to make anybody feel obligated, but I, I'm thinking about, like I said, doing the Patreon thing. I don't know if my if the audience base that I have, if the number of people that I have would actually support it. I have thought of some other things to try to help support the show a little bit. Uh, I've thought about doing, I have a, uh, a gun that I've talked about before that had that car P380 that I have over on arms list. And you can check that thing out if you want over there. And maybe what I'll do is I'll put a link to that in, in, the, uh, in the show notes. So if you want to check that out, you can. But what I was thinking about doing is maybe doing a raffle for that. Uh, again, though, I would have to get a, a certain amount of people who would be willing to participate. Sometimes with the raffles, you get people that maybe would say, oh, you know, I, I kind of view this as a donation type thing. I was thinking maybe I could do it around like $20 or so per ticket. What I'd like to sell then would be about 40 tickets. I don't know if I could get that because I'd like to get a certain price for the gun. And then I'd also like to get a certain price over that that I could put towards paying for hosting and paying for the domain, the, excuse me, the domain names and stuff like that. I've also thought about doing some what they call public domain audio type books that maybe again could be for some of the Patreon users uh, once I get that set up and going. And what I might start doing is some of the, uh, like I said, the the public domain stuff. So a lot of the Jack London books, uh, maybe even reading some kids books, things like that. But, you know, again, as long as that stuff is sort of in public domain and I wouldn't infringe on any copyright or stuff like that so uh, we'll have to see on there and I'd I'd have to actually do a little bit more research on that stuff but I have I I know that there are certain uh, certain podcasts out there that do the classics and because all this stuff is in the public domain 
So you could look at things like, uh, not that I would do Shakespeare, but you could look at stuff like Shakespeare. You could do things like Edgar Rice Burroughs. You could do H.G. Wells. A lot of the Lovecraft stuff is sort of, uh, I guess, is out there. I don't know that I'd ever do that in particular. But like I said, I, I uh, as a kid, I was always a real big fan of Jack London and all that type of thing. So anyway, hey, guys, I am arriving at the destination. So I'm going to sign off for now. And I will uh, talk to you guys here in a couple of seconds. Hey, guys, a time warped you. It's Saturday. I am again in the mobile studio. Hopefully, the previous segment there, kind of uh, dealing with, I guess, what we'd call maybe state of the podcast, wasn't too boring or too off-putting, or it didn't sound like I'm kind of grubbing for money, that type of thing. But I did want you to understand that there may be some changes that I may be able only to have maybe, let's say, 50 or so episodes up at a time, uh, just due to the nature of the hosting service. But again... Uh, I don't want to go and rehash that since it was, even though it's been a few days for me, it's only been a couple of seconds for you. So I just wanted to get that sort of stuff out there. We did get a little bit of audio from Lawrence, and I would say that this is probably more along the lines of shared information, maybe rather than strictly feedback, that type of thing. And what he did is he had recorded a little bit of the Kavanaugh hearing where Feinstein Senator Feinstein is questioning him. And basically, well, I'll let you guys listen to it first. It's about eight minutes long or so, a little bit over that. Go ahead, give it all a listen. Listen carefully to what they're saying. Listen carefully to how she responds to him and how, and and listen also for his responses for some of the things that he says at the front of the audio clip and then again at the end of that audio clip. And then we'll we'll talk about that here in just a second. So let's go ahead and give it a listen. Assault weapons are in common use. And what evidence or study did you use to do that? Thank you, Senator Feinstein, for the question. And um, I understand, of course, your role on that issue and your long leadership on that issue and appreciate that. Uh, I faced a decision where, uh, as in every other decision just about on the D.C. Circuit, I had to follow precedent, precedent of the Supreme Court. Uh, I don't get to pick and choose which Supreme Court precedents I get to follow. I follow them all. And so in the Second Amendment context, the Supreme Court in the Heller decision, uh, written by Justice Scalia, had held that there was an individual right to keep and bear arms. And then in explaining um, what that meant and what exceptions would be allowed to that right, Justice Scalia's opinion for the court in part three of the opinion went through, this does not mean that there's no gun regulation permissible. So that was an important part of the opinion, part three of the Supreme Court's opinion, where it pre-identified uh, a number of exceptions that would be allowed, uh, felon in possession laws, concealed carry, uh, laws possession of the mentally ill, possession of guns in schools, possession in certain kinds of buildings. He pre-identified that. As to the weapons, uh, the, the way I understood what he said there and what was said in the McDonald's case later 
was that dangerous and unusual weapons could be prohibited. And what he referred to specifically is machine guns could be prohibited. So it's very important to recognize under the Heller decision, machine guns can be prohibited. And they, machine they were in the Firearms Act a long time ago. Yes, and, and that have been prohibited. Yes, Senator, and Justice Scalia's opinion did not disturb that long-standing regulation. In fact, specifically reaffirmed that machine guns could be prohibited. The court in Heller, the Supreme Court, upheld uh, or struck down a D.C. ban on uh, handguns most of which are semi-automatic. I don't mean, let me interrupt you because I don't, I think we're on totally different wavelengths. I'm talking about your statement on common use as common use being a justification and assault weapons are not in common use. And Justice Scalia's opinion used that phrase. Then I think the next sentence of the opinion talked about dangerous and unusual weapons, and the court in Heller itself, the Supreme Court, struck down a D.C. ban on handguns. Now, most handguns are semi-automatic. That's something that not everyone appreciates. Most, most, most handguns are semi-automatic. And the question came before us of semi-automatic rifles, and the question was, can you distinguish as a matter of precedent? Again, this is all about precedent for me trying to read exactly what the Supreme Court said, and if you read the McDonald case, and I concluded that uh, it could not be distinguished uh, as a matter of law, semi-automatic rifles from, uh, from semi-automatic handguns, and semi-automatic rifles are widely possessed in the United States. There are millions and millions and millions yeah. of semi-automatic rifles that are possessed, so that seemed to fit common use and not being an a dangerous and unusual weapon. That's, that was the basis of my dissent. The, in a nutshell, the basis of my dissent was I was trying to follow strictly and carefully the Supreme Court precedent. And you, you, I know you've read the opinion. You're saying the numbers determine common use? Common use is an activity. It's not common storage or possession. It's use. So what you said was that these weapons are commonly used. They're not. They're widely possessed in the United States, Senator, and uh, they, are, they are used and possessed, but the, the question is, are they a dangerous and unusual? They, they're certainly dangerous. All weapons are dangerous. Are they unusual? And uh, given how prevalent they are in the United States, uh, it seemed under Justice Scalia's test, if you look at the majority opinion in McDonald, the same thing. I want to reiterate, the Supreme well, Court made clear that machine guns can be banned. Machine me, guns can be banned. Let me speak to you. I'm talking about the Heller case. Let me be specific. Mm -hmm. And you specifically argued um, that it was un uh, unconstitutional to defend assault weapons because they are, uh, to ban assault weapons because they are in common use. And that, I believe, was uh, your dissent in the case. Yes, and I was referring uh, to some, semi some kinds of semi-automatic rifles that are banned by D.C. are in wides, uh, widely owned in the United States. And that seemed to be the test that the Supreme Court had set forth in the Heller and McDonald cases. In other words, if a type of firearm is widely owned in the United States. Now, 
Whether I agree with that test or not was not the issue before me. I have to follow the precedent of the Supreme Court as it's written. And uh, that's what I tried to do in that case. It's a very long opinion. I also made clear, Senator Feinstein, at the end of the opinion, I'm a, I am a native of this area. I'm a native of an urban, suburban area where we've, I grew up in a city plagued by gun violence and gang violence and drug violence. So I fully understand, as I explained in the opinion, the importance of this issue. I specifically referenced that Police Chief Kathy Lanier's goals of reducing gang and gun violence was something uh, I certainly applauded, but that I had to follow the precedent of the Supreme Court in that case. And as I read it, that's what it said. I'm sorry. How do you reconcile what you've just said with the hundreds of school shootings using assault weapons that have taken place in recent history? How do you reconcile that? Senator, of course, the, the violence in the schools is something we all uh, detest and want to do something about. And there are lots of efforts, I know, underway to uh, make schools safer. I know, I know at my girls' school, they do a lot of things now that are different than they did just a few years ago in terms of trying to harden the school and make it safer for everyone. Uh, guns, uh, handguns and semi-automatic rifles are weapons used for hunting and self-defense. Uh, but as you say, Senator, you rightly say, they're used in a lot of violent crime and cause a lot of deaths. Handguns are used in uh, lots of uh, uh, crimes that result in death, and so are semi-automatic rifles. That's one of the—that's what makes this issue difficult. As I said in the last two pages of my dissent in Heller, I fully understand the gang violence, gun violence, drug violence that has plagued various uh, cities, including Washington, D.C. This was known as the murder capital of the world uh, for a while, this city. And that was uh, a lot of handgun violence uh, at the time. And so I, I, I understand the issue, but I, as a judge, my job, as I saw it, was to follow the Second Amendment opinion of the Supreme Court, whether I agreed with it or disagreed with it. At the end of the opinion, I cited uh, Justice Kennedy's Texas versus Johnson quote, which I read yesterday as the guiding light for the for the uh, lower court judges and all judges. Let me give you a couple of other quotes because I'm going to change the subject. All right. First of all, Lawrence, I want to say thank you for sending that in. I do think it is important to be able to judge some of these guys' responses because I think it can give us an indication if future things come up especially in the Second Amendment or in gun culture, however we want to look at it. How is, how is this guy going to uh, rule or base his decisions or, or whatever we want to say? How is he going to do that going forward? Because, again, once he's in there, he's not really beholden to too many people, at least as far as we know. First of all, let's, well, let's talk about a couple of things that I found a little maybe concerning about some of his responses to her. And the first part of the clip, he was basically saying, oh, you know, I appreciate all your work you're doing and I guess basically in gun control. So I found that to be a little bit disturbing, although who knows, maybe that is just a, a typical kind of civility or a social pleasantry that, that you, you say it's kind of the language of these hearings, that type of thing. So I, I don't know. However, at the end, he sort of reiterated that, that he maybe not necessarily agrees with certain things, but this was the precedent that had been set, 
And so that at the time, that's what he based his decisions on, on a uh, higher court than what he was sitting on. And he tried to follow the precedent and tried to follow the rulings that had been handed down. So is he going to be a staunch Second Amendment supporter for us? I don't know. Was he saying those things at the end to maybe throw her a little bit of a bone to kind of placate a little bit? I don't know. Maybe he says that stuff saying kind of much much like Sotomayor and much like uh, Kagan said about how they supported the Second Amendment. And then once they got the robe, they're like, basically, well, screw the Second Amendment. All this stuff needs to be overturned and Heller needs to be reversed and all this other stuff. So who knows? Who knows what is what is going on? If, though, he is kind of wishy-washy or maybe not as strong on the Second Amendment as I would like him to be, you know, we may not get some of the rulings that we want coming down the road. Again, it's hard to say. I don't know. What I did like about some of his responses, and then we'll talk a little bit about her stuff. What I did like about that is that he remained on track. He kept his points going, and he, I thought, defended his position rather well. And if his school of thought is basically that, there really is no difference in between for all intents and purposes, between a semi-automatic handgun and a semi-automatic rifle. And so if you're not going to ban semi-automatic handguns, you can't really ban semi-automatic rifles. And that he believed that they were in common use and that they that he agreed that it met the definition of common use in this country. So having said that, let's... That, and that's all good stuff. So having said that, let's kind of switch over to some of her things. And I've listened to it a, a, about two or three times, you know, and having to sort of figure out what I, the points I wanted to make and things like that. But you see that she is kind of remaining on track as well. She is sticking to the script, so to speak. She constantly uses the term assault weapons. She constantly throws out disinformation. She constantly redefines terms to suit her political agenda. So we see that she, she constantly uses assault weapons because for her, that can mean pretty much anything she wants it to mean. It can mean machine gun. It can mean a semi-automatic rifle. It can mean an AR-15. It could, in her, in her uh, terminology, it can mean a AR type pistol. It can mean a, a rifle that is very similar to the the uh, Ruger, I forget the actual nomenclature of it, but basically that 9mm Ruger that came out not too long ago that we've talked about on the show, that to her, I'm sure, would mean an assault weapon. It would also probably eventually get down to lever-action rifles. It would, I'm sure it would cover semi-automatic shotguns, probably pump shotguns, because she could say, well, you know, these things have so much destructive power and they're so devastating and blah, blah, blah. So again, assault weapon is going to mean whatever it means to her, whatever is going to fit her definition. And then we see that her definitions of things are very fluid and can change depending on what they need it to be. No person in their right mind would say what she said when she said, 
You mean the numbers mean common use? That's not true. That's not what it is. Mere possession doesn't mean it means use means use. And so, again, if it was on something that she wanted, let's say that there was something else out there that there was going to be a ban on it. Maybe it was going to come from the right. And she would say, well, you can't ban. And let's, I'm not even saying she believes this, but let's say it would be something like you can't ban access to certain types of health care, certain type of operation or something like that, because that's already out there. So you can't take that away from people. And if you said to her, well, the numbers of it or the availability of it doesn't mean, you know, and it's not, I'm not really giving a good example of it because you're, it's almost like an apples to oranges thing, but it would be like saying you, you're, you're going to ban trucks, but not cars. And then if you tried to say, well, we're not going to let people drive trucks anymore, or we're really going to restrict that or, or, or take it down to where hardly anybody has trucks except maybe the police and the military. She would say, well, you can't do that because, number one, they're, they're, it's a vehicle. Just because we call it and give it a different designation doesn't mean it's still not just a vehicle. And hundreds and hundreds of people have them, and they use them to, you know, to, to go to and from work. So she would say, oh, that's common use. And she would even say that's common use even if they only drove it once a month. Because she said, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether they drive it all the time or they only drive it once a month. And their possession does make it a common use thing. But, of course, when it comes to firearms, she's going to, no, 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 that doesn't mean, you know, common use and possession and storage doesn't mean that it's in common use. Well, why would people have that? There's really no logical conclusion you can make from her statements. And then again, you know, we see her where she throws up the whole thing of, well, these, there's these hundreds of school shootings in recent history. Well, what does she mean by that? What does her definition of a school shooting mean? And I get, you know, some people would say, oh, and they would kind of resort to sort of name calling and things like that and say, oh, she's just an idiot. She's stupid. She doesn't know what she's talking about. But if, if we look at it kind of through maybe the, the lens of reality. We, we There's really only two camps that she can fall into because I do not believe that she is a stupid woman. There are people in Congress, people like Cory Booker, people like Maxine Waters, that I think are below average when it comes to intelligence and what they've got going on upstairs. I do not think Feinstein is one of those people. I think she is probably a, a pretty smart woman. So anyway, I, I think when we look at somebody like her, you would have to say, well, she either falls into one of two camps. She is either grossly misinformed and believes what she's been told and thinks that that stuff is true, or she is willfully ignorant. I would say that it is demonstrable that she falls into the latter, that she is willfully ignorant, meaning that she chooses not to accept the facts that have been given to her. And she turns a blind eye to it because she has a political goal and a political agenda and a political end game in mind that she wants to be uh, implemented. 
because she and I I know and the reason I believe that she is willfully ignorant is because she has been presented with the facts over and over and over again. But because it doesn't fit into the agenda, if she accepts those facts, she can't then go forward and say some of the things that she's saying. So she willfully chooses to ignore those things, which in reality makes her quite a despicable person because she is willfully choosing to take away certain civil liberties from people. Most of the people who would be greatly affected by her ultimate plan would be the the people that supposedly she would want to protect the most, which are going to be the people who are going to be affected the most in, 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 in a negative context. So anyway, I want to say thanks again to Lawrence for sending that stuff in. Go back and listen to it. Listen to her responses. Listen to how she wants to lead him kind of down a certain path and how he doesn't take the bait, which is good. I I think, uh, again, like I said, I don't think she's a stupid woman. I don't think she's probably on the level that he is. Uh, Some of these guys are, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're pretty high up there as far as having the old brain power. Way more than me, that's for sure. So again, Lawrence, thanks for sending that in. I do think it is important to be at least aware of this stuff. And even though I do have some concerns, I think that looking at some of the things that he has said, I think that going forward, he would probably rule much more in if, if in column A we have more pro-gun and column B we have more anti-gun, I think he is going to stick to more column A than he is in column B. Let's go ahead and switch subjects again. And we'll talk a little bit about the old social media stuff again. I do have, and I've got a little, uh, oh, what do they call it, like, almost like a storyboard, but I've got a little outline of some videos that I want to do, so I've got things kind of written down. It's just going to be a matter of finding some time. I do have my AK project still in the works. I've got my Polymer 8022 project, I guess we'll call it that is in the works and a couple other things my um, 9mm AR type firearm that's going to be happening to the uh, AR pistol that type of deal That uh, and all that stuff I'm going to try and get filmed but it is going to take time but it is in the works so other than that I think I don't have too much other stuff to say I know the show may be a little bit shorter actually you know, I don't know probably end up being about the same amount of time in that uh, with some of that audio clip that we had from Lawrence that kind of fleshed out the show a little bit more. So probably be right around half hour, maybe a little bit longer. I don't know. Anyway, hard to say when I'm sitting here in the truck and depending on what gets left in and what gets edited out. So I would love to hear from you guys on what you think of Kavanaugh, how you think he's going to rule based on second amendment type things in the future. What did you think of Feinstein's questioning of him? What do you think of people like Cory Booker uh, when we see the histrionics and <laughs> some of the other stuff that he does also with uh, Camilla Harris, some of the questions that they ask? With some of these guys, it really is almost like a kid in junior high is asking these questions. It's 
It's like they still have a child mind. And I don't know how much of that is truly them and how much of that is theater, how much of that is them basically, well, probably about 95% of the stuff that they're doing is for their base. It is, look at what I'm doing, look at, and especially with guys like Booker, you know, he is clearly using this as a, uh, as a campaign tool, as a reelection uh, soundbite that he can use. Because here's the thing, a couple years from now, when he is up for reelection, he is going to say, look, I stood up and I did this and I risked everything. I risked getting kicked out of the Senate for what I thought was right. And nobody's really going to go back and call him on that stuff. And the people, and even if he does get called to the carpet on some of this stuff, his base isn't going to believe it. We all have sort of a confirmation bias, I guess. And we sort of hear the things that we want to hear and we put it in the context that we want it to be in. Anyway, I am starting to go down a little bit of a rabbit hole that I don't want to go down right now. So let me go ahead and give you that contact info again. Voicemail is 206-745-2731. If you would prefer to send an email and have me read it on the show, or if you would like to send in your own audio clip, whether it's something kind of like Lawrence did on the last show where we actually hear from him, or he sends in something that would like to share with the rest of the audience, the place to do that is firearmscafe at protonmail.com. All one word, firearmscafe at protonmail.com. All right, I am looking forward to hearing from you. I'll talk to you next time.